1: Now, here is Gary Ray. Today is November 28th, 2017. Good morning and welcome to the American Heroes Network Radio. As always, my co-host is Lieutenant Colonel Bill Forbes, US Army retired. Good morning, sir.
2: Good morning, Gary, and as always, it's great to be with you.
1: All right. Did you pig out like I did on Thanksgiving?
2: Yeah, <laughs> one plate,
1: Gary. <laughs> one plate. Oh geez, I I I don't even want to tell you what I am. <laughs> one plate, my friend. All right. Well, I hope everyone had a great holiday, and uh, I, you know I did. I I think there were about twenty four people that showed up here, and uh, uh, we're talking about two turkeys and a, and a ham. One was one was roasted, in the oven, the other was roasted on the grill. And I'll tell you, they both turned out really good. All right. Yeah, I want to remind everybody about receiving help with their disability claims before we get started with everything else. The VSP channel, which is the Veteran Suicide Prevention Channel, is now providing online benefit help. So if you're having a problem like so many of us are, you need to check out the VSPchannel.com. As we all know, getting benefits that you qualify for can sometimes last for years and totally be a pain in the ass. Okay, So check out... What Dan Helmuth and his team can do for you. Dan, who is very successful at knowing how to file for benefit claims, is now offering his services online and for free. Once again, that's the VSP. You'll find that information at the VSPChannel.com. Now, Bill, yeah, I know you have always some good news articles.
2: Well, yes, Gary, and following right along with that lead-in, uh, the uh, VA—that's the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs is uh, making attempt to uh, further improve access for veterans to pro bono legal services. Now, a memorandum of agreement has been signed with the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs and the American Bar Association, the Veterans Consortium and National Law School, and the Veterans Clinic Consortium. And Gary, as you know, uh, many of our veterans often face stressful legal problems such as evictions, foreclosures, child support, driver's license revocations along the line. And what the VA is trying to do now through the local veterans medical centers is to have on a local basis those veterans uh, medical centers to work with the organizations that I just mentioned that mm-hmm. will provide pro bono legal services. And you know, pro bono is a French word, uh, excuse me, Latin word, uh, uh, leading to free services to help our veterans with these stressful kinds of conditions and situations that they can find themselves mm-hmm. in. So uh, that's great news. And uh, yes. we hope... Uh, that our veterans will seek out that service when they visit their local uh veterans medical center. Uh yes. one other thing Gary, uh mm-hmm. the uh the uh, US Department of Veterans Affairs has announced that former Senator James Webb from the state of Virginia has been appointed uh, uh to the uh, veterans advisory committee On education. He's going to chair that committee, and they will bring uh, uh, some ideas in terms of how uh, we can improve benefits and services in the education area. So we're always looking for those areas that we can provide to uh, to our veterans to help out. Now, hopefully, Gary, in 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 uh, in our upcoming shows, Uh, we can uh, address an issue that I think really deserves some attention, and that's the Catch-22 that keeps many veterans from getting help, and we're talking about uh, uh, men and women who serve, who come back to us with post-traumatic stress and traumatic brain injury. So that's an interesting area that we can look forward to coverage uh, in our future shows.
1: Oh, definitely, definitely. i mean, we've been working with closely with uh uh the Warrior Angels right now that uh I have multiple things that are helping uh T V I. So it's something to check out. Uh you know, if you have the if you have the time, of course it's if it's, you want something, you have to be first uh you know, to ask for it. Now again, what we're gonna do you have any other news articles for us, Bill?
2: Yeah, that's pretty much it for right now, Gary.
1: Okay. Well, we're going to do our show a little bit different today. Uh, We're going to offer, give you a lot of information, and, you know, we're going to take you back uh, a month or so. Uh, go uh and a news story of one of the hottest news stories there was It's about uh, the massacre in vegas and uh of course there was a good handful of uh um, military and uh former military people there and in fact we have one and uh uh Roger, why don't you share a little bit about your uh background with us?
3: yes sir good morning gentlemen good morning I am good morning. Good morning. I, um, I served 10 years in the Marine Corps, almost 10 years, 9 years and 11 months to be exact. Um, I had various backgrounds. Supply, supply and logistics was my main uh, primary MOS. But I served two years with a military police unit in Iraq. I've done three tours in total, uh, all in Iraq. Um, and over that time, I, I held many, many different billets and learned many different skills along the way in that time. Um, most of my duties um, were logistics related, but I also served as a, a team leader and a squad leader uh, at times uh, on mounted vehicles as a machine gunner. But mostly, working the port of entry from uh, Syria into Iraq. Uh, during that time, during my time in the Marine Corps, I also uh, went through some specialized training. And counterintelligence, human intelligence, dealing specifically with terrorism, espionage, subversion, and sabotage, uh, and trained, um, trained to be to learn to be an interrogator. So with some of that unique, different training, uh, and being in this incident, it's kind of given me a, 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 a perspective different than most people uh, that aren't trained to look for. Uh, in that situation. And I just kind of wanted to discuss um, specifically the events of that night and try and get some, a- answer, uh, some questions answered on behalf of the survivors and the victims' families. Um, unfortunately, it seems that this story ha- has not continued to be followed up on from major media sources. Um, there are some local papers and, and, and random reports um, that are done but uh, nothing, no mainstream media has really asked any hardball questions. Um, and everybody seems to be waiting on the FBI, which, which is understandable, to complete their investigation along with the uh, Nevada sheriff. Uh, and that does take time. This is not something that can be done overnight if they want to get it right. But with that said, I'd like to start off by saying, you know, since 9-11-2001 specifically, uh, we've had an increase in violent mass casualty attacks. And we've been told to harden our security defenses. With attacks all over the U.S. and the world, including concert venues, casinos, nightclubs, schools, movie theaters, and churches and the like, um, we, we've been warned. This is not something new, and, and, and we look—we uh, have to plan as if there's going to be more, because more—more than likely, there will be more attacks of this nature in our future. Um, you know, Steve Wynn. And not only Steve Wynn, but the FBI and and DHS, you know, they they, they put out alerts. And, and yes, sometimes they're specific, sometimes they're general. But we've been alerted since 9-11. We are at war. Uh, Things are going on in this country that we've never seen before. And we have to stay ahead of our enemies and foes uh, if we want to survive this and come out ahead. But Steve Wynn last year specifically gave a warning that Las Vegas was a target city. It wasn't a matter of when, or if, but when. You know, My questions, as I said, you know, I'm hoping to get some answers, and I, I figure that MGM and, and some of the other entities involved, because it's not just MGM, uh, are gonna use their lawyers, because they're not gonna want to deal with this in public, because PR, let's face it, is their worst nightmare. Um, right. So after reading uh, the last... Uh, I'm sorry. Do you have a question?
1: No, I just I just agreed with you. Yes, definitely. Okay. I mean. uh,
3: well, after reading uh, uh, an article from the Las Vegas Review Journal dated October 18th, the article was regarding MGM's properties, own personnel and security security supervisor statements. Um, I sent you the link for that, Gary, if you're able to post that so other people can take a look at it. I appreciate it. Mm -hmm. But after reading through this uh, article, you know, one can only look at it as a complete obliteration of the failures to not only upgrade their security, but to maintain suitable equipment, training, and apparently monitor anything beyond the casino floor. I'm wondering, why should people feel safe to come to any of their venues, to any of their properties? You know, it's apparent that their company gambled with our lives to save money, and we lost. Um, You know, they're going to talk about the cost and the inconvenience of installing security systems and protocols in place um, and how how it's such a burden on them to be able to do this, and it's going to change the whole industry. You know, part of that question is, well, if they do nothing, what what does that do? And we can already look at that and, and know based on history. Um Because one resorts has already done taking steps to install uh, metal detectors and improve on their security and run drills and do things and if you look back at the history of MGM in two thousand and seven they had another mass shooting. Uh, a guy walked in who was basically suicidal, lost his house, going through a divorce, lost his job, walked in from over a from over from the catwalk, walked into the New York, New York Casino, which is owned by MGM International, and shot four or five people with a handgun. He unloaded his magazine, and thankfully, another veteran or active duty uh, Army National Guardsman tackled him. Uh, But with that said, I've actually spoken with the girl that was involved, one of the victims of that incident. And she laid on the floor for 45 minutes. And according to her, she never got any assistance. It took them 45 minutes before paramedics got, got in to, to take a look at her, which is understandable with an active shooter situation that might take a little bit longer. But apparently MGM never contacted this girl. Uh, they never offered to help her with any medical expenses. But then blatantly, they, they, they used their lawyers to attack the girl's credibility and ultimately got the case thrown out based on foreseeability and that they provided basic uh, security procedures at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. But I look at that history and the fact that they had learned nothing going forward, even though they weren't required to do anything legally, they still didn't improve upon their security procedures, such as basic metal detectors. And like I said, there's other casinos that have already stepped up to the plate and started installing some of these things. And, um, you know, after the report from their own security and their own personnel, they don't even feel safe. You know, if their own people don't feel safe, how how is the everyday um, consumer and, and, and guest in their hotels and properties supposed to feel safe going there? That's um, right.
1: Well, Roger, we're going to take a, a break right now. And when we come back, we're going to continue on. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel. And we'll be right back.
4: network.com and syndicated on itunes
0: are you finding your frequency it can be described as that space between failure and success Fridays at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast, all the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned in to American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. That's AmericanHeroesNetwork at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
1: Well, welcome back. You're here with our guest, Roger. And I guess, Roger, it's all about security. And now, as far as the Las Vegas shooting went, uh, could that have been avoided if security measures were taken to be beforehand?
3: In my opinion, yes, sir. Not one doubt in my mind. As Sheriff Lombardo has already said publicly, there were multiple things that could have been done to prevent this attack. Uh, now, could a, could an attack happen um, in another way, of course. Uh, you can never stop a madman if he's intent on doing something, but in the nature that this happened and the the access that he had to be able to uh, make it harder for anybody to respond to him um, physically, uh, that part it, it could have totally been prevented. I spoke with Kerry uh, Zeravica. She was one of the injured girls that was shot in the leg. Uh, Apparently, she has permanent injuries and paralysis below her knee from her incident. I spoke with her last night, and that was one of the first things she said to me. They still have not put metal detectors in since her incident. And I I tend to agree with her, because that specific item alone, if they had metal detectors at their entrances... He would have never got the bags into the building. He didn't fly them up to his room. He would have had to walk in. Now, does that stop him from opening up on a casino floor? No. But if the alarms went off on all those bags and all that ammo, which they surely surely would have done, that would have alerted security to do a cursory search of his bags or to pull him aside and not let him in.
1: Wasn't that Uh, that 4,000 rounds?
3: 4,000 plus rounds. (laughs) <laughs> and multi, nearly, I believe, 23 roughly guns, uh, different guns that he had. I mean, he, he just walked right in. And apparently, you know, they supposedly brought him up to the service elevator, which is an internal procedure that sh- they should have never allowed, uh, personally, from a standpoint. You know, everybody suspects, you know, looks at security as one, one matters. One item is going to be the, the end-all, be-all, and, and stop something. Security does not work that way. It is an overlapping, overarching system uh, put in place that not one, any device is foolproof. Uh, not one, any system is going to stop anything. But there are multiple things that they could have done from an internal procedure to equipment that they could have had if they had kept up with latest and greatest technology and equipment. I'm sure they have when it came to their security cameras watching people at their poker tables. And that is the heart of the matter. These guys were focused on um, profitability versus possibility. You know, they, they looked at their money, and that's all they were really looking at. Everything else was subsequent. And according to their own security staff, there's tons of security on the casino floor, but only a handful of guards to guard thousands of rooms and monitor what's going on the rest of the casino. Uh, and, and obviously the casino floor is where, primarily where most of their guests are going to be. But their duties don't stop at the at the casino floor, you know. They they, they have a, a duty to protect and guard their 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 site and their property uh, beyond the casino floor, you know. And that brings me into a different question, you know. Sure. Why now are they just starting to conduct mass casualty training and terrorism drills? You know, we've we've been this is this is in the aftermath of nine eleven two thousand and one. We're talking sixteen years ago. Uh, six, you know, nearly 16, 17 years ago were going on that long and just now they're starting con- to conduct these drills. We've had multiple attacks at different venues, different sites. They've had them on their own property. Um, you know, This isn't the first time. Had this been the first time and something new, you, know, you, you would look at it with, uh, you know, give them a little bit of uh, plausible deniability. But this is not the first time uh, and they did nothing after that to negate the situation from happening again. And that is the problem. You know, ha- had they followed at least followed some of the recommendations and, and, and looked into the, the claims that were made against them, instead of looking strictly at it from a legal perspective and what their liability was in getting the case dismissed, had they looked at those security procedures and stepped them up and kept up with current trends, and, and, and really looking forward to protect their guests and their money at the end of the day, uh, this, this event wouldn't have happened on their property the same way. Um, now, like I said, it, it doesn't stop a madman, and nothing will ever stop them if they're determined to do something. But that doesn't mean we don't harden our defenses. As a Marine, if we got hit on our base in an area and we knew we had a weak spot, well, we're not just going to leave that area open for somebody to do it again. We're going to fill in those gaps, and they didn't do that. They didn't even attempt to do that. In fact, from the report that I'm reading, if true, they actually decreased their spending budget for security, based on the fact that the 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 department was not profitable to them. They were looking at saving money, and in that aspect, they gambled with our lives, and, and we lost. You know, these guys have to be held accountable for their actions. They didn't pull the trigger. But they damn sure made it easy for this guy to go up to make himself a harder target for anybody to get to. Now, had he not gotten in the doorway and turned around and opened up outside, at least you would have had officers on the ground to be able to respond to him instead of having to go up 32 flights of floors to try and figure out where he's at, you know. And, um, you know, there were, there were plenty of opportunities that could have prevented this. Uh, mm-hmm. And it's no doubt in my mind that this, this, uh, this wouldn't have happened the same way. He, you know, deterrence is a big deal. Uh, would he have found another location? Possibly. What deterred him from the other locations? We don't know specifically, but something, something didn't either go his way or that wasn't his target. Um, I suspect, you know, with all the different venues where they said he went to other, other states and was, uh, well, for one, for I, I understand, he didn't actually go there. He booked rooms for one. The guy would have, he wouldn't have been able to fly across the country with all those guns in his bag, so he would have had to drive. And from the sound of it, uh, he didn't even like to carry his own bag, so I doubt he was going to drive across the country. I think it was more of a fishing expedition for the FBI to go chase down his his you know whereabouts and his leads and, and spend more time and money just to kind of put a thumb in their eye. Um, as for the other concerts locally, uh, I don't know what the reason was for why he didn't. Um, attack those venues, but this venue was a pr- prime opportunity, uh, for him. And, uh, obviously he put a lot of thought and, 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 um, he put a lot of thought into his planning. Um, this was not, um, some off the wall. Okay. I, I'm, 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 uh, having a mental breakdown. I'm going to go shoot a bunch of people. He, he thought this out to the T. Um, you know, it's apparent that security wasn't a top priority for this company beyond the casino floor. Uh, th- they're going to tell us things like, well, there's a lack of regulators overseeing the industry is the reason why they didn't do very little or nothing to protect their guests. Um, you know, that, that, that's not really an excuse. You know, this, this company, this large company has the resources uh, and the manpower to do more than they did. Um, this isn't a mom and pop hotel. This is a big major hotel, several major hotels that overlook major population areas with over 40 million visitors every year uh, with massive crowds and different events going on. Uh, they could have invested the money, as other hotels have already done and their competitors, uh, to upgrade their security to, to have prevented this. Um, You know, they're going to say things like, oh, lack of regulation, there's no oversight from Congress and everything else. Well, you know, they want to be treated like a business and have all the business uh, protections of it. But yet they need government regulators to hold their hand. After the fact that the government has already told them and many different government entities, they've warned them of the risk, they've told them of the different threats that are available, they've offered to help them mitigate security risk. And yet, they decreased their security budget and didn't follow any standard, any standard beyond very, very basic level stuff that is purely, simply optics of security. You know, they didn't, they didn't have cameras in their hallways beyond, according to what I've read, beyond the elevators. You know, so how much were they really watching? cameras in the stairwells you know that that stuff will come out for the FBI to confirm or deny if that's true but from what I've read and what I've seen you know there there are many security flaws that even on a basic level uh, anybody that's done anything in security would have a basic understanding of uh, there's technology out there that they the size of a carbon monoxide detector that they could put in each hallway that will detect gunshots, the difference between gunshots and firecrackers and such. Window sensors, uh, roving security guards checking on each floor, uh, you know, metal detectors, dogs, you know, different things. It's, it's never just one thing, one catch-all. It's an overlapping security policy and procedure that, that is the question. And apparently, from what I understand, documents may have been signed. Uh, no, making say, stating that they were aware of the threats and that they were on top of it. And from what I understand, they even broke various of their probably internal policies. You know, it's not illegal to carry a gun in Nevada into a casino. But from what I understand, it is their own internal policy that if they are aware of someone having a gun, they will ask them to leave. It, it kind of comes to the point where it seems like they didn't want to know if you had a weapon or not. But with all these different incidents going on, I think they need to protect their their selves and their own interest by stepping their policies and procedures up and following best practices because their their stuff is really equated uh, uh, to a time when when none of this was going on in the world. But since uh-huh. September 11, 2001, this is this is just going to happen more and more with copycats and the like and. Everything else is
1: going on in the world, right? Um, well, we're going to go ahead. We're going to go ahead and take a break. Uh, you're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on a Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
4: For those corporations or organizations who wish to support our veterans, sponsoring and promotion on the American Heroes Network has never been easier or smarter as the only network focused to specifically reach the military and veteran population globally. For more information, email us at SponsorInfo at AmericanHeroesNetwork.com.
0: Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, VoiceAmerica.com. You are tuned into American Heroes Network. If you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com.
1: Now, back to our program. Welcome back. We're here with our guest, Roger. And uh, Bill, I know you had a question, comment. Okay.
2: Roger, your revelation today uh, certainly emphasizes uh, to our listening audience uh, that uh, life in this world today is very complicated, and your revelation pro- has provided a lot of information, I believe, and you know, we always get an opportunity to uh, uh, inform our listening audience that uh, uh, the greatest void in the Veterans community, like the community at large, is uh, the, that void is information, knowing how to navigate the situation, and, and I think that what you said so far leads us to the point that you know our personal safety and security is so important, and uh, you know. I know on a day-to-day basis when I leave my residence or before I leave my residence, I've got a plan in mind in terms of what my route is going to be to get to a certain location and where that location is and the kinds of things that, have, uh, that could and can and will occur and how to be ready to deal with that. And I think... What you've talked about, your experience in Las Vegas is so important that this is a reminder. So uh, I'd just like uh to know if you're in agreement this that this kind of information that you've provided us with of what happened, how of, of importance and value that is to those of us who go about our lives on a day-to-day uh, 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 basis, that, you know, we shouldn't become... Uh, withdrawn from being out but there's certain things that we've got to keep in mind because the potential for something that involves in mass casualties can always uh, occur.
1: You know You're that correct? was sort of, sur- sort of surprising that just about a week ago they had uh, a, a baggage at the airport Orlando Airport and it started smoking and, uh, of course, the, what they thought it was a bomb, but it was actually a computer battery that uh, blew. But still, again, be aware of what's going on. As you should have seen the people. When they saw that smoking, there was these lines. They all disappeared because they were aware now. You know, when you're aware that if, if, if it would have been a couple of years ago, they would have went, wow, what's that thing smoking for? And well, if it yeah, was a and bomb.
2: So with that, you know, one of the things that... Uh, we have deep concerns for is the stressful conditions that we endure uh, for those of us in the veteran community. And I think this is for our citizenry at large. These kinds of conditions, I mean, uh, uh, can create some, some real uh, uh, severe problems. So, so Roger, it, it, it's, uh, you know, safety and security you know, we've got to have those foremost in, in our minds at all ways. Uh, uh, and always. And your your revelation again is a testimony as to what can happen when you're just going out to have fun.
3: Right. Yes, sir. Uh, you know, uh, there, you know, in the, in the in the Marine Corps, especially when you're doing security operations, you know, security is paramount. You know, we, we, we know the risks that we're taking going out and the potential threat, especially in a combat zone. You don't expect that here at home. And, you know, coming back from overseas, none of us ever wanted civilians or families, friends, and the like to ever have to see the things that we've seen. You know, and you don't expect to come home to have this kind of stuff go on. But people, you know, people don't need to be paranoid uh, and, and still go out and enjoy their life but they should be aware and have a general awareness of, of the threats that we face today to protect their families in case something happens. You know, we all have to go on with our lives and and, 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 and can't stay bottled up in our homes. But there are simple things that we we, we got to remember. We, we don't have to make everything so complicated. Some of this stuff is very simple. We just need to start having conversations about brilliance and the basics is one of the fundamentals. You know, slow is smooth, smooth is fast. Those are terms that we use because we don't really have to think and get so far out the box that we, we always come back to the basic line principles uh, of security or things that we're, we're, we're dealing with. You know, we, we have to start from a baseline, and, and we branch out from there. Um, you know, I'd I, I like to go into a couple things, you know, regarding this, you know, There was a ruling from the Nevada State Supreme Court that a lot of people aren't aware of here recently that changed from back in 2007. It just changed here in the past month regarding foreseeability. Uh, That's why the case was dismissed uh, on on the Young Girls uh, case uh, previously, because it wasn't a foreseeable act. Well, since then, we've had so many different things happen in the world, and even on MGM's own properties, that the Nevada State Court basically can the argument because of past events. There's a history, there's a pattern, there's a, there's a trend going on that they can use as a baseline. You know, we don't necessarily have to predict exactly where something's going to happen, but we kind of have a, have a clue and an idea and an indicator based on things such as anniversary dates. Um, these attacks tend to happen uh, quite often on significant dates or times of the year, Holiday season, more people are depressed, uh, attacks of previous attacks, you know, to, to commemorate what, what had happened, whether it's a terrorist, either foreign-born uh, or homegrown, it, it really doesn't matter, or, or, or workplace violence, it, it really is irrelevant. At the end of the day, you know, at the end of the day, nothing I'm saying here is going to bring back the people that we've lost. But my goal here today is to stop it from happening in the future if we can stop even one attack, that's fine by me. You know. And that starts with brilliance and the basics. Doing the things that we can. We can't talk about security and say it's so overcomplicated that nothing ever gets done. And that's where I see it going. And I, I, I really I, I wouldn't have come on to, to talk about these things if I felt like MGM was going to make the changes that need to be made on their own. Because their history from previous attacks show me they did nothing in fact did less than before so to me now you know they didn't pull the trigger but they they bear some responsibility and it's not just them there were other things that were going on like specifically for csc live nation i would like to know if CSC, I, I would like to know what was in their contract and who was responsible for what specifically, and that will have to probably come out in court, but as a security company, one of the largest in the country, country that puts on Super Bowls and large other sporting events, I'm sure they've probably had snipers and counter snipers at, at other events, depending on the situation. But, as a security guy, the first thing I was trained to do when I go into a venue, I'm going to look for weak spots. I'm going to do what's called a threat vulnerability assessment. Now, I want to know if they were responsible or tasked, or in their agreement, if they were tasked with doing a threat vulnerability assessment. Because as a security company, I wouldn't take that job on without having assessed the risk and putting my people where they need to be. Now, whether or not they were responsible for the buildings that they didn't own, even though MGM owned the property that they were on, I'm sure an agreement could have been made. But if they didn't make that recommendation that all those windows and all those buildings overlooking that venue were a potential threat, then that is a failure on their part, and they would have some potential culpability legally. But if they made that recommendation and somebody decided, no, we're not going to do that, no, we're not going to have guys with binos looking at the windows because it's going to cost me negligently a few more dollars, um, that that's kind of a, a, a cheap argument, <laughs> For one, because it wouldn't have cost them any more money to have their guys on the ground, a couple guys with binos, keep an eye out as spotters, even if they didn't have a counter-sniper team in place. That wouldn't have cost them anything more. But they kind of had the police mentality, policeman mentality going on where they're patrolling what's on the ground, what they can see. They're not looking up. And uh, they, they have to be more aware of the, the threats that they face. And when I walked into that venue, and honestly, I I told my girlfriend before we went to this event, I don't like going to large events like this after returning home because I know the potential threats, but I'm trying to get out and and try and live my life, and she pretty much threatened to go without me, and I wasn't going to let her go alone, and thankfully I didn't. Um, But the first thing I saw was those windows were a threat, and I, I figured security had it under control, and it's something that I have to live with for the rest of my life on the fact that I didn't say something to security. But in all honesty, they probably would have looked at me like I was crazy. But yes, just like Steve Wynn, they all looked at him like he was crazy because he was security obsessed. Well, I'm security obsessed because of my experiences and because I don't want my family and loved ones and friends and, and neighbors to have to go through what I've seen. And after this incident, you know, that, that's my goal is so that other people don't have to go through it the same way that we did. And unfortunately, you know, that's part, part of the post-traumatic stress that I deal with Is the people that I couldn't save, the people I couldn't help. And I do take that very personal because every life does matter. And, um, you know, there's some questions, though, that I have uh, specifically regarding this event um, because it's been been put out through this article that MGM specifically tried to keep police out of their venues to, to decrease, to not have any public incident reports. And so they use their influence and power to keep a lot of stuff off the media and out of the media. Uh, and I'm wondering if the sheriff or the FBI has seen any, uh, any of their duties hindered or legally or influence-wise that are preventing them um, you know, and, and doing their duties, for one. And I'm kind of wondering because I personally sent the FBI and and obviously it takes a lot of time. They have a lot of video to review Um, and it does take time for them to confirm everything. But I, my girlfriend actually shot video during the concert. We didn't know it until later and it was very hard to see. But I went back and blew it up and I took a look at it. The first shots weren't at 10.05. They weren't at 10.01. It was at 9.49. He shot out the western facing window He shot at the helicopter, I suspect, and used the sound to muffle the glass breaking. But I I can see a clear clear video of muzzle flash going from inside a closed room, out to open air, heat rising. If you've shot weapons at night, especially heavy guns, 240-goss saws of the nature of that such, you know what muzzle flash looks like. Um, This was at 949 almost 15 minutes prior to him shooting into the crowd. I want to know why Mandalay security did not know. I mean, you're talking, uh, you know, a full automatic with the bump stop, almost full automatic fire inside his hotel, or inside their hotel, and nobody knew. You know, uh, that brings up a big question. I'm wondering if if the reason is that, you know, the FBI hasn't released that. Um, There could be multiple reasons, legally, um, or, you know, information that they're following up on or they just haven't gotten to the video yet. But I've sent that to them. And, uh, you know, I'm wondering if any kind of influence is being asserted on them not to release that information because I keep hearing uh, a lot of reports saying, oh, he used a hammer. Yeah, he probably used a hammer afterward to clear out the glass around the window. But he shot it out. You know, you're talking pretty thick glass on those windows. And uh, it's clear as day from my point of view and from my experience and my knowledge of weapons and what muzzle flash looks like at night that he used it, used the guns to shoot out the windows before he shot into the crowd. And that's a long time before he shot into the crowd. Um, And I want to know if there were any... I've heard, and it's only hearsay, and I don't know when it was reported... So it is only hearsay, but I, I've heard from other victims that went back later on and talked to some of the staff there that a, uh, a car porter had reported broken glass. Now, at what time that was, I don't know. So I don't know when it got to security and when, when it was followed up on. But from my understanding, the reason Campos was sent up to the hotel room was because the, the, the door alarm was triggered. He went out into the hallway and drilled, drilled into the emergency door to block it, set up cameras. You know, I mean, that took some time. Uh, drills are pretty loud, you know, especially when you're drilling into a door. You know, nobody heard or saw anything. They didn't catch it on camera. Who was watching the camera systems? You know, I mean, they're watching the money on the floor, but they're not watching what's going on in the rest of their hotel, and that's the problem. You know, that's true.
1: Um, well, we our time is running out here, Roger, and I appreciate uh, you being on on our show today. I mean, it's a good information. And, uh, again, uh, maybe as time progresses and, and, uh, you know, the case gets tighter and if I want more more information, you come on on back and and we'll see about getting you back on. Okay?
3: Yes, sir. I appreciate it. I have a couple more things, but, you know, maybe we can cover it at a different time. I do uh, appreciate you guys having me on. Thank you very much. And I just want to say to the survivors and to the families that were lost, I'm sorry. Keep up the good fight. Keep, uh, keep banding together. I appreciate what you guys are doing, that you all are coming together as a family and a community. That's important for you guys' recovery ahead and the long road ahead. This is not going to be done overnight. This is not going to be fixed overnight. Uh, you guys got to stick together and work through things and help each other out, and I appreciate what you guys are doing.
1: Thank exactly. you. Exactly. Appreciate it. And again, uh, you have a great day, and uh, we're going to go right into break. You're listening to the American Heroes Network Radio, powered by Voice America on the Variety Channel, and we'll be right back.
0: if you want to find out more about us or to contact us with questions or comments about the show, please send an email to American Heroes Network at gmail.com. That's American Heroes Network at gmail.com. Now, back to our program.
1: Welcome back, eh, Bill? That was a pretty good um, uh, outline of uh, what went on over in Vegas, huh? Security.
2: Absolutely, Gary. And I think uh, one of the takeaways uh, from what we heard today is that, you know, we all can be potentially a part of what's now recognized as a soft target, meaning easy access for someone with uh, not good intentions to do harm that we can be victims of, and uh, for our own personal safety and security you know, we we we've, we've got to uh, uh, introduce uh, if we haven't already planning into our minds and, as to how we react uh, to some of these situations, and if at all possible, in advance avoid being uh, caught up in a soft target where tremendous damage can be done uh, right. as far as our lives are concerned.
1: That's true, boy. Unbelievable. Now, I know we only have a couple minutes left, and Bill, I, I don't know if you, you saw on uh, TV. Actually, it was this morning. It's I, uh, First of all, I'm, I'm really ticked at a lot of people that are, as far as donors go. They're not even, they're not even looking and doing their due diligence as far as giving their money to organizations, nonprofit organizations. They mentioned one this morning on CBS. It was uh, actually Red Cross, and uh, they said they're going to follow the money. Uh, well, I can tell you where it's going to go. Uh, again, when you have uh, the, the top to head man I don't you know I don't mind if, if there's somebody running an organization that that's, can, can make a living but do you think they need a couple million dollars a year and do you, uh, do you think that uh, work they work anywhere from two to five hours a week? That's really tough I'll, I'll take that job. <laughs> but, but do you understand? Nice work if
2: you can get it, <laughs> Gary.
1: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but you know that that makes that made me go out and and check out other organizations. Some of the top organizations that just blew me away. I'm looking at one right now, and uh, that organization I'm just going to it. Here it is. It says here it works. Uh, oops, works 55 hours a week. You believe that? Okay. <laughs> anyway, his compensation is $500,000. That's reportable. Okay. He also has an estimate amount of other compensation from related organizations of another $550,000. This is one person. There's actually ten people on this on this organization, and none of them, none of them make under four hundred thousand dollars a year. And you see some not even putting in, uh, you know, a little bit of time to that other organization, but still getting paid. Okay, another three, four. So what I'm saying here, and I think you'll agree with me, Bill, is that you can do your due diligence. There's a lot of, uh, like, charity watch uh, and, and that you can go to, and they'll tell you, or, or even go to the website. Go to that company's website, like uh, Red Cross, for instance, and you can put in, as a search throughout the, their site, put in the, uh, the numbers, 990, Okay, that's a form that the IRS requires that nonprofit to uh, submit everyone that's getting paid, even if it was a penny, who they are, how much they made. Now, you know, I don't care if if I was making a million dollars off a nonprofit site. First of all, I wouldn't be there. Secondly, um, uh, I would I would probably take seventy five percent, if not more, of that and give it back to the organization. Which I guarantee none of these people, uh, none of these uh, CEOs, or yeah, get a load of this. This is uh, I, I want to sh- share something with you. Okay, here's a, a secretary. A secretary makes one hundred and sixty one thousand dollars a year. Damn, my secretary's never made that kind of money. How about yours, Bill?
2: Well, I, I, <laughs> I couldn't even open the door for a secretary, so they'd become a, a pauper if they came to work for me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, what's going on? I mean, we're not we're not dealing with uh, you know most of these these big money uh, companies that are pulling that kind of money. Um, they get corporate grants and corporate money coming in so that's where that's where the money is Um, and again it's got to help the person Well, I believe in first of all helping the children of the U.S. first before we go outside the U.S. Um, there's so much to consider do your due diligence check it out take it from there Bill you have any comments before we go
2: I I think that's a great lesson for the donors to to check out what's out there. And if there's any doubts, uh, Charity Watch is a great source for giving you all the information to know who's uh, doing great things and who's doing not-so-great things.
1: That's true. All right. Thanks to all our listeners and supporters. And remember, we spotlight and promote the best available information of interest to America's veterans and their families anytime, anywhere, and on any mobile device. I'm Gary Ray, along with my co-host, Bill. You have a great day, and we'll see you next week. Be careful out there.
0: Thank you again for joining us for this week's edition of American Heroes Network. Please join Gary Ray again next Tuesday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week. We are America, and we truly do believe
3: you're the backbone of our nation. Thanks to you, we're living free. We're a quilt of.